Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Tenor, crooner, actor, messer. Paul Byram has many strings to his bow, but more important than his musical talent, he's simply a lovely guy, sincere, open and the kind of person I would happily sit down and have a cuppa or a pint with any day of the week. Why wait until they're dead? I just yeah. don't understand it. Mm. Um, you know, bringing flowers, bring the flowers to somebody before they die, not on the day they die. You know, like, I, I just, I'm a firm believer in that. If somebody is good to you, your friends, whoever it is, just every now and again, just tell them, thanks mm. a million. Mm. You know, I appreciate you being around. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, as I said, I have an awful lot of um, gratitude and uh, death to my mother, you mm. know. We all have great mothers, we all know that. But um, for her to guide us through that rough patch in our life, you know, um, and, and, you know, with regard to my dad and, and to be the rock for us, to kind of uh, guide us through it. And then also to guide me through, you know, my tough times in recent years. Um, she's a very positive woman, you know, and... Um, she always said to me, you know, you have two options in life, Paul, sink or swim. And sinking isn't really an option. Ten years ago, he was part of Irish singing group Celtic Thunder, which had phenomenal success selling out arenas across the globe. He's also acted in Fair City and he's recorded multiple solo albums. And when we spoke last December, he was in the middle of an intense run of shows with the Three Musketeers Panto, along with performing his solo concerts. Normally, this would also be a busy time of year for Paul, but with his US dates cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic, he's now making the most of his time at home with his girlfriend Catherine and his best pal, his dog Bradley. Like many of us, Paul has had ups and downs in his career and in his life, but his outlook is inspiring. In this conversation, 
He talks about the bond he has with his mom, his health challenges in childhood, the death of his father, and the importance of listening. I hope you love it as much as I do. Paul, thanks a million for popping in. That's an absolute pleasure. Delighted. You're so chilled. And like when I was looking at your Instagram stories last night, I was like, okay, so he's done his shows, two shows in the Helix, and then he's gone and done a gig. And then he did another gig late at night that was like streamed live and going, what, when, when is he going to sleep? Because he's already done yeah. another show in the Helix doing your panto. Uh, and now you're here chatting to me before you head back and you do another show again. Yeah, well, I mean, look. I mean, that's an insane schedule. It is at the moment, but like at the moment. I mean, during the summer I was doing Sweet FA. Isn't do you know what I mean? Though? So like you kind of, um, you know, there's times the people like yourself now saying it will be like, God, that's mad, isn't it? How are you doing it? And in some respects, I kind of just go, well, you just do it. It's called working. And, and <laughs> like, you know, there's a famous one where the, the famous saying, you know, where the, the actors are looking for a, a gig all the time and eventually they get cast in a movie. The first thing they check is what their days off are, you know. Um, we're, yeah. we're just crazy people. Yeah. I think in some respect, you just have to make hay when the sun shines. And as I said, there's months, uh, certainly in my gig, where you could be doing nothing. And um, so when there is work, you grab it with both hands and you just you keep rolling and then you can sleep when everybody else is working hard. You've had a lot of stuff happen. You've mm. had a lot of things thrown at you. Um, can I ask about your dad? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When was it that he passed away? So I was uh, 21 uh, when dad died. So I was it 20. No, I was 20. I was 20 years of age when dad died. Um, w- little back story behind my dad. So my dad and I, like, I have one sister and uh, my mom and my dad. So we're a four-part family. And um, I was always very close to mom. I think probably closer to my mom than, than my dad, as, as is often the case sometimes with with families. And Amanda would have been close to dad, you know, as kids. This yeah, yeah. Is. Um, uh, but dad fought the demon that was drink. And, and drink was unfortunately a big issue for dad. Um, very successful businessman. Um, held down a really, really good job. The managing director of a top company. Um, so nobody kind of believed that dad had a drink problem. So whenever my mother would kind of maybe go to family members or friends for help, they'd be like, oh, Kathleen's, Kathleen's losing her mind. She mad. Michael is, look at Michael, you know. And... He was dealing with that for a long, long time um, and all the way through my life. I mean, I never remember my dad sober. Like, you know, he, as soon as he'd come home from work, he would, you know, crack into the few cans of beer. And, you know, people would say, well, she's not even a few cans of beer. But it wasn't a few cans of beer that we would be kind of necessarily uh, concerned about. It would be the nagging of vodka in the toilet cylinder or the hot press or and this, you'd be constantly finding them around. Um, so the poor man was demented with it, you know, um, and, and, you know, with age, as I said, I can now look back on him with a little bit more kindness than I suppose I did at the time, you know. Um, And all I could see was my mother being hurt and upset all the time. So that brought me even further toward my mother than I suppose to him, you know. and and he was a good man. Like I I, I know that. And um, there was there was no badness in him. But he was just unfortunately just, as I said, dealing with an addiction. Um, and um, anyways, uh, he left us when I was around twelve years of age. And um, my mom, myself, and Amanda became 
very close. Like we used to call ourselves the Three Musketeers. Ironically, love we're mm. we're we're doing it this year in the banter. But um, we always said that you know we looked out for each other, um, and that was it. And and it is still to this day. You know, my my sister's married, happily married with kids and stuff, and and I've got Catherine in my life, and and um, and they're all part of our little circle. But the in within the little circle, there's an even smaller circle, and that's Mom and Amanda, myself. You know, and that's because we went through the tough times together. That's what it does to families, of course. Um, a lot of the time but anyways uh, I remember coming home anyway one evening from from a football game I was playing with the lads and it was a wet awful wet evening and um, there was a lot of cars outside the house and sure and he was arrived in and mom had told me that dad had died that the, the guards had called to the house and I said sure the guards called to the house and he had committed suicide so um as I said, I was shocked because he had been dealing with demons and he'd realised, I suppose, that he had, um, I suppose he had made the wrong choices in life and he was trying toward the end to reconcile. Now, when, from the time he left to the time he died, I didn't talk to him. So I, um, just because I felt loyalty to my mother, but also um, I felt he he needed to deal with his demons before he could deal with me. That was my 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 take on it so we never reconciled you know um and as i said he he passed away um at the when i was 20 um and he was a young man and and it was um it was tragic you know really looking back on it now um and and for a long time i suppose i i had a guilt about it you know uh, as you would um and it's only with again age and a bit of perspective and and counseling and talking and all the rest that you kind of discover well sometimes there's very little you can do for people like that are in that situation you know um and um and now i look back on it um it's very much tinted with sadness of course but um you know i kind of have an acceptance to it you know, and I, I think my mom and my sisters well have and Amanda did an awful lot for him and tried to help him and um even my mother tried to, you know, talk sense into him, you know, and, and sometimes it just there's very little you can do as a non professional in, in, in that kind of line. Um so yeah, it it certainly uh I'd like to say it didn't have all that much of an impact on my life, but I think inevitably it would, you know. Um but but what it has done, I suppose, more than anything, it has given me um, a more sympathetic look toward people that have got addiction and are dealing with difficulties, and and um, and I, I feel for him, I really do, because he had a lot to give, and he was a very good man, and and um, I often wonder, you know, when when now down the road with all the success and this different ventures that I've been on you know what he would have thought you know along the way um i think he probably would have encouraged me to get a real job at some point he was a more uh, i think he was more a realistic man as opposed to a dreamer like myself um, and my mom as i said is a big music person so she was always pushing me toward music and, and encouraging me so maybe he would have encouraged me to get a real job and he might have been right but um or he might have been massively proud of yeah, what you've yeah. done i'd like to have thought so yeah, yeah. but um you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's made me who I am. You know, um, and I'd like to think it's made me a little bit more empathetic. Is that the word? Empathetic yeah, yeah. toward t- toward people. You know, um, that are going through shitty times. Excuse the expression, but mm. that's that's what it is. You know. 
Um, and, and, and as I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that my mother and my sister are um, wonderful people. And, and, and they've made me the man I am today. You know, like mom was in last night at the gig uh, that I did in the Pepper Canister Church. It was a Christmas show and um, it was whatever, two hour concert. And, and she texted me last night to tell me she was very proud of me or whatever else. And mom is in her early 70s. And um, you know, if you met her, you wouldn't think she was you maybe early 60s, you think, yeah. you know, she's full of life and, you know, mm. very glamorous and very young looking lady. Um, but she um, she texted me last night and as I rang her today, because I couldn't be dealing with the, the emotion last night, I was too tired. Uh, so I rang her this morning and I had to remind her, you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing those gigs, you know, and um, and I, I owe, well, I owe an awful lot to her. Yeah. You know, um, and like I couldn't imagine doing the gigs without her there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so, important yeah. we tell people though. Right. Isn't yes. it? Yes. What they mean to us are, you know, this what they've helped us do yeah. or achieve. Why wait until they're dead? I just yeah. don't understand it. Mm. Um, you know, bring flowers, bring the flowers to somebody before they die, not on the day they die. You know, like, I, I just, I'm a firm believer in that. If somebody is good to you, your friends, whoever it is, just every now and again, just tell them, thanks mm. a million. Mm. You know, I appreciate you being around. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, as I said, I have an awful lot of um, gratitude and uh, death to my mother. You mm. know, we all have great mothers. We all know that. But um, for her to guide us through that rough patch in our life, you know, um, and, and, you know, with regard to my dad and, and to be the rock for us, to kind of uh, guide us through it. And then also to guide me through you know, my tough times in recent years. Um, she's a very positive woman, you know, and um, she always said to me, you know, you have two options in life, Paul, sink or swim. And sinking isn't really an option. No. So um, so that kind of has been ingrained in me from her. Um, and I think it's a very valuable lesson to have, especially when you're in the game that we're in. Yeah, you know? big time. Because you will want to, there will be times in the game where you're mm. like, mother of God, get me out of this. Yeah, you, know? you must be very like her, are you? By, by the sound of things. Oh yeah, we butt heads all the time. Like, yeah. we're very outgoing. We're both opinionated. We talk through our backsides, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like we, we, we do. Um, we're very, very similar, but we both love the crack. We love the naughtiness. Like, you know, uh, loved sitting around having the chats with people. Uh, my sister would be more sensible than both of us together. You know, <laughs> seriously. Oh, for yeah. God, yeah, yeah, for serious. One of the main reasons I asked you to pop in and have the chats was something you shared when we were both sitting on the couch in Virgin Media, we were on the six o'clock show mm. chatting about mm. different things. And the next thing you start talking about your own experience with your voice mm. and a pretty difficult time in your own life where you were unsure whether you're going to be able to sing after everything that happened. So yep. can you explain that? Because obviously when you were talking, I was going, oh my God, this is this is so similar from my own experience mm. in so many ways. Mm. Um, and, and from that, we said, look, we, we got to have the chats. Yeah. So um, can we talk about it? Yeah, for sure. So I was I was on tour at the time with uh, Celtic Thunder and we were doing like major stadium tours throughout America. Like we were doing basketball arenas and, you know, uh, football arenas. That, that was the magnitude of where Celtic Thunder was at the time. Like it was just crazy. I don't think any of us expected it really, to be honest. Um, it must have been hard, by the way, before you go on to that, but to walk away from it when 
was so mm, huge. No, it wasn't actually, to be okay. honest with you, because I think it had just, with these kind of projects, um, and I'm sure you, if you were talking to any of the lads in the boy bands or whatever it might be, or, or groups or whatever, um, there comes a point where you're like, no, I've, I've had enough of this. You okay. Know? Um, and it was it was challenging. It was challenging on the relationship I was in at the time. It was challenging. Like we were away a lot, you know. Um, and do, looking back on it now, possibly I shouldn't have left as quickly as I did or as soon as I did. I mean, there was a couple of options I could have looked into, but I didn't. I just needed just a clean break. And I felt if I wanted to commit to the solo career, I needed to just do it. Mm. I'm all duck or no dinner. That's the kind of guy I am anyway, you know. Mm. So, and that's what I did. And, and it's actually, it's grand. It's worked out grand for me. But um, but at the time we were doing, we were doing large arenas, as I said. And because of that, uh, in these arenas, they're not built for the sound of a band and vocals and all the rest. So we all had to wear these in-ears, you know, these things that kind of cover your whole ears. So anybody you're listening may not know, but they're like yeah. literally foam gel that's put in and then they're set. And, and so every time you're doing a gig, you slip in your little earpiece and it's molded around your ear. So you can hear literally nothing else other than what's been put through uh, the moulds. And so our backing tracks were put through and the band were put through and your vocal was put through this. And the best way I can describe it is like jumping into a pool and, and then trying to find that sound, that kind of dead sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to create the natural sound. And you're telling this sound guy what you need. I need a little bit more guitar, a little bit more me, a little bit less of me. Oh, God, I don't know what I want. It's, it's awful. It's horrendous. And a million miles from the training that I had. I mean, I was a classically trained singer. Veronica Dunn at the Royal Irish Academy trained me. Um, so I was trained to sing without a microphone. That was my uh, background. Uh, I did concert halls and I did uh, orchestra gigs. And, you know, it sounds very pretentious, but that was what I did. And so then when you're all of a sudden in this kind of commercial pop kind of mm. setup, it was very weird for me. Um, and because of the style of singing I have with all the big top notes and belting it out. And that was my, I covered that corner of music, Celtic music in the group. So I would go out every night and just belt out the big notes you raise me up or whatever it might be and um, sure they'd love it they'd go mad for it and the more they went mad the louder I belted you know but what I wasn't doing was I wasn't gauging how much I was pushing the voice um, and um, I was doing untold amount of damage to it so we were going out on tour and maybe doing 79 89 gigs over the course of two months maybe um, so you were on every three, four nights, night off, three, four nights, night off, mm. um, uh, driving through the night, get up the next day, sound check, belted out, back into bed, air conditioning pumping through the buses. Yeah, America lives and dies by their air conditioning. Um, and again, everything that I, I was unaware of and probably not warming up as well as I should have, doing vocal exercises that I should have been doing. A whole load of things. Again, coming with naivety. I mean, I was late 20s um, and like anything else, would have thought, sure, this is my voice. I'll, have, I'll always have it. You know, that kind of naivety. Um, drinking whatever I wanted to drink the night before, maybe if I wanted to, and going to a party and then the next day doing a gig. Like, what? You know, yeah, when I look yeah. back on it now, crazy. And so, <clears throat> anyways, then all of a sudden, um, it was one day... I just, I remember on tour, we were in Florida. I went for one of the top notes and it just cut out like a clutch in your car, you know. I went again, and cut out, cut out. And I was like, Jesus, man. So I said, look, I'm not going to sing those notes tonight. We looked, MD worked around it, that was fine. 
and this wasn't going away all of a sudden a week later it wasn't going away and all my falsetto notes were gone um, and I thought there's something wrong here you know because normally if I ever got a sore throat or anything it would be gone within a day or so you know with a bit of rest and a good night's sleep and a jar of honey you were grand mm. and um so eventually we, I went to see a specialist. We were in Nashville then and there was one of the top vocal specialists um, working out of Nashville at the time. And I went to see him. Uh, the record company had set up the meeting and went in and he put down a strobe camera down my throat and we projected it up onto the screen and you could see my vocal cord, which is a very weird looking thing. If you've ever seen the vocal cords, it's minging. Um, yeah. And um, right on it was like what I would describe as a white head. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You know, like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you wanted a little zit you wanted to squeeze, you know? And I was like, what in God's name is that? And he's like, that's a cyst. I was like, a cyst? So I was like, it's like a polyp. He goes, no, it's worse than a polyp. And I was like, oh my God. And he goes, we don't know how big or small that polyp or that cyst is until we cut into it. And I was like, well, whoa, whoa. we're yeah, not cutting into yeah, anything yeah, here. Yeah. Hold on. So he said, um, Basic line is, he says, we'll have to remove it, or you have to get it removed. Um, and one thing is for sure, you'll never be a tenor again. Um, he says, whether you sing again, we don't know. But he says, you'll never be a tenor again. And I remember just being heartbroken. I mean, like, all my life had gone into being a singer. Yeah. Uh, from the time I was seven, I started training at the age of seven. So this was my whole life just being told, nope, it's gone. I was good enough to ring home, ring my family, ring everybody, tell them, look, this is the situation. It's very serious. We had to make sure it wasn't cancerous and all of those kind of things. And it had literally just come from straining the voice uh, every night uh, and misusing it. And so I, um, I said, right, I'm not doing anything to it here. I'm going to wait till I go home and talk to 
uh, my doctor here and see what what best source of action will be from them. Uh, I went to the Ioneer uh, here in Dublin and um, they gave me a course of action. They said, look, you need to go see um, a speech therapist and just see where you're going wrong, first and foremost, how you're misusing the voice, what I was eating, you know, like spicy foods, for example, brings on reflux and all these different foods that we looked at that, you know, bring reflux on and strain the voice. We looked at coffee, I had to cut back on my coffee, I had to cut back on certainly Coca-Cola, anything like that. Mm. Had to all be cut out the alcohol. I went off the drink for a year. So, um, and loud envi- being in loud environments or using your car phone, for example, things like that, that you just don't think. You speak louder when you're driving on the M50, you know, mm. you don't realize it. Um, and so I cut all of these things out. I just started again almost, you know, and went into this, uh, what I can only imagine is how the vegans live, you know, very clean living, you know, proper lifestyle, you know. Wasn't good crack at all. <laughs> and um, I um, found that I wasn't seeing my friends as much. Because nobody <laughs> wants to meet for a coffee or a tea anymore. Like the lads are like, what? I'll meet you for a pint. I'm not having a pint. And um, well, should come in anyways and have a Coca-Cola. I can't drink Coke. <laughs> all right, should we, should we see anyway during the week, you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a very kind of tricky and difficult time. Yeah. And they said, well, look, let's do this for six months. Do the vocal exercises we give you. Uh, cut back on the singing cut back on all of that and uh, we'll see where we go and nice. I remember going to be I, had a, I bumped into my old school principal a guy called Father Cormac O'Brolicon and I said to him I said Father I said and I'm not the most religious I have to admit um, I'm not really all that sure about it at all <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's a whole other day's talking but I said do you want to get those candles out and do that thing with the throat that you just do and he goes, <laughs> he goes did you just say it like that yeah yeah I love it and he's like no he says no Paul he says there's no amount of praying or candles that are going to help you he says um, what you need to do is every day he says I want you to get up and look in the mirror hmm. and say in ev- every day, in every way, I'm getting better. And he said, say that to yourself every day. He says, because mental attitude is a huge part of recovery. What a wise man. Yeah. and um, Say and that I phrase did, again. It's brilliant. Every day, in every way, I'm getting better. better. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and I did. And I looked at it and I kind of took it on board. And I'm just a wise man. But more importantly than anything he was saying, just you've got to think positive here. Yeah, yeah. And so... Anyway, six months passed or whatever it was. And I went back to the eye and he says, right, let's get the camera back down and see how we're getting on. There wasn't a sign or sight of the, of the cyst. It had gone. Mm. Now, it took a while for the voice to come back. But um, in any case, we got back. And then I released another album in 2014. Um, and that went to number one on the World Billboard charts in the States. And I sent the doctor in Nashville uh, a copy of the album saying, guess I was a tenor again. Hope you're well. <laughs> um, you know, all too often surgery is suggested and, and all too often it's not needed. Mm. So I was I was very fortunate. Um, but it was interesting on the, on the side of that, you know, I, on the back of that, I, I suppose it was a warning. It was a shot across the bow. Mm. Paul, this is a gift you got. Yes. Now, whether you believe in God or not is irrelevant. But the fact that you got this voice and other people don't have it, mm-hmm. you have to appreciate that. And it was the first time I ever had to take stock of that. Mm. You know, I always just took it for granted. You know, look at me. Ah, thank you. You know, and like, 
you know, you do. Sometimes you just need to kind of wise up and go, mm. look, I have a lot going for me here. Don't take it for granted. Um, and so, uh, so I did. Um, and, and I suppose I'm different now. Like, I, I certainly don't drink during uh, the runs. If I have a gig the next day, I wouldn't touch it. You know, like, I, I'm quite quite uh, smart about it. I box clever now, you know. That's not to say I don't love my Guinness. Um, I still love my Guinness, but I box clever and um, I respect it and I, I look after it. And um, and I think it just, as I said, it gave me a different perspective on it all, you mm. know. But it was a scare. Yeah. It was a scary, scary time. Because, mm. you know, when you think about it, what else would I do? You know, that was my thinking. Yeah. Well, what would I do if I didn't, if I didn't sing? Because I have no other background or education. Who am I if I'm not? Able, yeah. yeah, like singing isn't something I do. It's who I am, you know, and and um, the feeling I get when I sing is different to anything else I do in my life. You know, um, I love talking and telling stories. I love telling jokes on stage. I love the banter, the laugh coming back at me. Um, I, I think I have a lot to offer in other resp- areas and aspects, but singing is deep down the one that gives me the most happiness mm. and it was the first time that that was in jeopardy and I I got a fright yeah you know well it's your calling isn't it I think so yeah it is and like much and all as I kind of would say to myself god I wouldn't mind a regular job where every Friday I, I know I'm going to have that few hundred quid going into my account and mm. you know I know my taxes are paid and I know my health care is covered and I have a pension coming and all of those things that the normal lovely people out there have and um, I don't know whether I would swap what I do for, for the world, you know? Yeah. Like, it's gas, really, when you think about it. It is gas. I think you have to be wired a certain way. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're mad. We're mad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyone who, I suppose, follows me or knows what I kind of talk about and what I'm into would, would know that I'm a big believer in the body's ability, our want, desire, need to work towards healing. Mm. So even when we're in illness or we have some form of disease going on, the body wants to help you out. Mm. It wants to work with you towards getting you back yeah. to feeling good. And you obviously did what you could. You did all the right things. You supported, but not just physically. You started then to train the mind by doing mm. that positive affirmation. So you were given it, a, you were given it everything. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right. I think maybe we as humans are too quick to run and get antibiotics or too quick to go to the doctor and kind of they're too quick to give us antibiotics. You know, I was very sick as a young lad um, at the age of four, I think, or five. I got microplasma pneumonia and there was only two in Ireland at the time that had it myself and an 18 year old and the 18 year old passed away. And I was in Harcourt Street Hospital. Now, that will show you my age. It no longer exists. But my mom and dad would come in and sleep, do shifts, sleeping beside my bed. And um, so although, just to tap back when I talk about my father and all the issues he had, I still remember him coming in and sleeping with me beside my bed. So he was a remarkable man, Mm. you know. That's a good man who just had other issues. Um, And I think it's important to recognise that. I remember him buying me a little Donald Duck and I still have that Donald Duck to this day, 40 years of age. Um, But uh, they were called in on a number of occasions to be told that tonight would be the night I'd go. And um, and I'm sure I was pumped with that antibiotics, left, right and centre. They hadn't a clue how to battle this. They didn't, they didn't know. And um, I was a very chubby, fat little kid and I lost it all. I was white curly hair, lost it all. Very thin, gaunt little thing. And my GP's nickname for me for years was, oh, there's my little Biafra, you know, because I literally just went from to skin and bone. 
And um, a doctor actually came in from the UK and, and changed the course that they were of medication or whatever, and, and, and it helped, and, and we pulled through. But, um, you know, now in my latter years, when I left, I'm reluctant to go near antibiotics and reluctant to kind of go to the doctors. Um, and I'm a firm believer in just trying to eat well and, and, and live positively and think positively. And, and I think when you do get ill, as you said, your body does have a great strength and a great ability to to overcome a lot of it. Not to say all of it, but certainly a lot of it. Um, and your mentality. Mm. I can't emphasize that enough. Like, I find the mentality, my mentality has got me through the worst of it. Yeah. You know, um, and... and, and learning how to think positive. You know, you believe in the power of, of talking and speaking up mm. and, and saying if you're not doing so brilliantly. Yeah. That's so yeah. important as well to get it out of you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, no, I'm not I'm not advocating that every time you got a bloody sore thumb or you're having a bad day at work, you need to go moaning to somebody every time. Like, I mean, geez, we all have bad days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to turn into Mona Lisa's, you know? <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I certainly think if something's very serious... You need to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you do. You yeah. know, and, and I think men, I in general, are pretty bloody awful lot. As Irish men in particular. Like, I talk to some of the girls that I have in my life, you know, friends, and they all have their group chats, and they talk about every bloody inch of their boyfriend and the problems with the boyfriend or the problems with themselves or this and that and the other and they're very open and they so have the chats you know yeah. and the lads come here tell me this when was the last time you slept with your wife they'd never asked that <laughs> do you know what and so therefore you're thinking jeez I haven't slept with my wife now for three months I wonder is that normal that must be normal oh, no it's not Jesus is it something wrong with me there must be something wrong with me <laughs> And for all, and then you start thinking, there is something wrong with me. Jesus, I'm, there's something wrong with me. Why doesn't she fancy me? And all of a sudden, this is, this is kind of evolved into some madness in your head when really you could have just turned around to your mate and he goes, oh, yeah, sure, I haven't slept with the writer. You know, and you realize, oh, well, I'm actually not on my own here. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. just an example. I mean, I'm making a joke of that. But, you know, little things like that, you know. Or Can I just say, though, to a fella who's listening to this conversation, perhaps, who's in that mm. cycle with his pals, who mm. maybe they meet up every once in a while, they have a great old night out. Mm. But the next morning, they're like, maybe they didn't really touch on anything of substance. Yeah. They may have spoken about loads of stuff, work, yeah. whatever, football, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing Just now, banter, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. The greatest series on Netflix, or yeah. whatever it is. Great old chats, but nothing, maybe stuff about their relationship. Substance, yeah. Yeah. How do they, how do they break through that? I d- I d- you know, it took do me a just, long time. Do you just balls up and say, and put something out there? in the middle of a conversation? Well, I think, like, I'm very fortunate I have a great group of lads that I went to school with and they're very good friends and I have a couple of friends that aren't schoolmates, but I'm very fortunate in that I've got a lot of good friends that are outgoing or whatever and chatty lads. But surprisingly enough, my best friend is one of the quietest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, Great sportsman, um, very steady, uh, you know, sensible guy, uh, complete opposite to me in every shape and form. <laughs> and um, we're the best of friends. Yeah. And I think, you know, within your group, for any lads that are listening, for within your group, you'll always have that guy that you know you get on better with. And sometimes there's an element of like, listen, will we just meet for a pint, you know, before the lads turn up and it's seven or eight. And it might be straight out, look, I have an issue or whatever. Uh, it might be just test the water and see, you know, how much banter you can have with them and maybe just see how it goes. And and you'll you'll tell pretty quickly if you can be open with them. Um, but it's not so much, and I throw this out as well, it's not so much the person that is looking for advice that I'm talking to here now. I'm talking to the person out there that is hearing somebody going through a tough time. Mm. If somebody comes to you and talks to you, be open to it. 
And don't just laugh them off or slag them or whatever it might be or make fun of it or get awkward or whatever. Listen to them and, and be there and, 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 and try and relate to them and be as honest to him as, you, as he is to you mm. um, because you'll both benefit from it. Um, and, and I think, you know, much and all as we need to encourage people to talk, you very rarely hear in the media nowadays, be a good listener. Mm. You know, and, and be open to your to your mates and be open to be that guy that somebody wants to have a pint with. Um, for more reasons than being the gobshite at the bar that'll get the round in. Be the fella that's happy to sit and talk and be open and be honest. Um, and and I think that'll help a lot of people, not just yourself, but other people. Because a lot of lads go through life thinking, I must be the only one dealing with this. And lads have a lot of issues. I mean, we we talk about testicular cancer, for example. How many men don't check themselves? How many? I'll tell you why they don't, because nobody talks about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, when you talk about um, erectile dysfunction, you know, a lot of lads go through that. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Uh, or testosterone levels, you know, especially in their 40s. Uh, people that are all of a sudden just not as up for things as they used to be. And they're like, oh, just not bothered. Am I weird? There must be something wrong with me. No, there's not, actually. You're just your testosterone levels are low or something. Yeah, yeah. But again, you wouldn't know that unless you're talking to somebody or talking to one of your peers or one of the lads. So there's a lot of issues and they're just two or three that I'm just plucking out of the top of my head financial issues I mean Jesus we're all riddled and bogged down with keeping up with the Joneses you know look at Stephen there he's married he's got two kids he's got a mortgage I'm still in this bloody apartment my wife isn't putting out I've no children you know what in God's name is going on you know and, and you, you're constantly looking at other people mm. going what, why haven't I got that Um. So there's the final, and you'll discover then very quickly from talking to one or two of your lads that, well, Jesus, we're not going through the best of times either. And that sense of relief, as soon as you hear it, Christ, I'm not the only one. Yeah, it's so true. The second that we, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with people, mm. we kind of give others the permission to do the same and go, yeah. oh, OK, great. They put themselves out there. Now I can do that, too. Yeah, I just think we're living in that time, you know, where everything's on Instagram. Everything looks bloody brilliant. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you think I'm having a whale of a time. You know, like, mm, that's mm. the perception that that's Instagram it. has. I'm not going to be posting the pictures of me feeling fat getting out of the shower, you know. <laughs> I'll post a picture of me after three weeks of starving myself on the beach, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the real world. So um, we're just bogged down with, um, I suppose, comparing. Comparison is the thief of joy. You know, it really is. Mm. Um, so I just, I, I, I strongly encourage talking. Uh, needless to say, you can gather from this, I talk a lot. Mm. But I most encourage listening. A lot, of pe- a lot of people aren't talking about that. We have to listen as well, you know. Mm, big time. Mm. Because it is, that's where, if you just allow someone to talk, you don't know where they're going to go sometimes with, yeah. when they open up. And you might Just discover like an awful them. lot about yourself from yeah, listening to yeah, others. Yeah, big time, big time. You know, we don't do enough listening. No. Me included. I <laughs> know, uh, clearly you're a great listener. Come here, I'd love to talk to you more, but For I know sure. you've got to get into a cab, back yeah, to the Helix, get back on Put on my villain face, yeah. 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 By yeah. the way, I know this is this the, um, yeah, big I'm pointing to your, your the upper lip. You know this tash. is in television, Sheila, right? I know, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the tash and this, yeah, whatever the goatee thing is. It's horrendous, right? I think... 
I think you have to keep it. Well, I, I think actually I think really like it on you. Well, you're very kind. No, no, um, I'm not being kind. I'm yeah, genuine. My girlfriend hates it. Oh, okay. uh, well, then you have to. Yeah, it. exactly. And <laughs> you're not for, going out with me. For, yeah, well, exactly. She's like, I'm having to roll with this till January. But like, you <laughs> need to get rid it. of that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's horrendous. But I kind of I do get a kick when I pull up to traffic lights and people look over at me and I'm me with my dog, you know, and they're looking I think they're smiling at the dog and then realize actually they're laughing at me so yeah it's not great of all the things I wanted to talk to you about mm. Bradley your dog was actually one of them and now we don't have time oh well that's okay we can do it another so time let's, but let's Bradley, Bradley is, is number one you can you can follow me on Instagram you'll see him all the time he's he's another he's my best pal for sure he's great you bring him everywhere he's in everywhere. the panto he's in the panto as well yeah he's a little star yeah. yeah I mean he is he's great he's a lovely thing I, man's best friend for sure mm. no question about it but we'll talk about dogs another time. Paul, thanks a million. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. I'm so thankful to Paul for his time and for sharing his wisdom with us. And I really do hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. You may have heard at times it was like I almost drifted away or got a bit lost in his words simply because I connected with so much of what he was saying. And I think conversations like this one are what we need to listen to right now. I think they'll really help us in these challenging times. Okay, if you have a second, I would love if you would click rate, review and subscribe in this podcast. And I will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.